Hi, welcome to Biblito, Watsonville Public Library's podcast, where we talk to you all about books, the community, what to read next, and cultural topics. My name is Celeste. My name is Stephanie. And let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Biblito, our podcast. Happy to be here today. It is October. I'm excited. It's going to be a good month. I think two things have chilled down for me for sure. (laughs) Even though it's really hot right now. It's so hot today. It is, I think record high this week was what, like 90 something, almost 100. I think almost 100. Yeah, it was was a hot week. We definitely have our, what do they call it? I don't know, that heat wave that's happening during the fall season. Yeah, and then fun fact, libraries are cooling centers. Yeah, we are a cooling center anytime it's really hot as well as during the winter, during our warming center as well. So getting away from the rain, from the cold weather so definitely come chill with us no pun intended (laughs) yeah (laughs) come enjoy the library so this month we are going to be sharing our spooky reads i think stephanie read more of a scary book than my book (laughs) but i think i'm really excited to hear hers because i don't know much about what she read i haven't shared anything about what i've read to her either so no i just know that you're doing an adult book yes i am doing an adult book i actually changed it because young adult i was looking and there really isn't much it's more thriller mystery and granted the adult book that i chose was not horror horror exactly yeah but i think it it was hard for me to really find something in ya that i gravitated towards so i just stuck to an adult book yeah i think with mine like i think i had mentioned the previous episode i really wanted to do an author from like Latin America or you know specifically like a female author Mm -hmm. and I was having such a hard time finding a book that would like grab I tried I tried several and I found myself feeling like it was a chore to read and I'm like you know what I what I'm gonna stick with is gonna be something that just captures me and I can't stop reading so I think I really experienced that with this book because I stayed up really late to read it that's Uh, the best yeah so I stayed up until like two or three I don't even remember anymore (gasps) Because it was, I was like, I need to know what happened. And so I think that was just really fun. Because it's kind of like how I used to read when I was a teenager and when I was younger. Yeah. And it I, was, yeah, for fun. I totally agree. I haven't had that experience as an adult. Well, recently as an adult where I'm up, I need to finish it and I need to know what happened. So it's, I, I, I'm excited to hear it because that means that was a good book. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought it was really fun to read. Okay, so uh, right now we are going to have Stephanie start this this talk first. So go ahead, Stephanie, whenever you're ready. Okay, so um, the book that I read this month, it's called The Last Time I Lied by Riley Sager. We have several books by this author. We just don't have this particular title. And so I'll be buying it since I order fiction. So it'll, it'll be coming in soon. It was published on July 3rd of 2018. The page count is 384 pages. Oh, wow. So you, you can read it in one night if you want to. Like <laughs> you you might just stay up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I did. So you, you it's totally possible. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, so it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun read. And then, so as far as the summary, I'm going to go ahead and get into that now. The last time I lied follows the story of Emma a 28-year-old artist living in New York City who works at an ad agency and has just gotten her big break in the art world. Her larger-than-life paintings of nature scenes are, are being sold at her first solo art show at a prominent New York City gallery. Unbeknownst to the people buying her work, Emma's paintings are not entirely about nature. Her works are paintings of three girls who disappeared while she was at summer camp many years ago. Paintings of the disappeared girls are hidden beneath layers of paint 
invisible to the naked eye, but are Emma's true artistic subjects. The three girls were last seen by Emma, but never found. This experience, coupled with the fact that Emma feels guilt for part of their disappearance caused a significant impact on her mental health as she grew up. As a 13-year-old, Emma attended Camp Nightingale, a camp for elite young women. Upon arrival, Emma is forced to lodge with three older girls named Vivian, Natalie, and Allison. Emma is immediately enamored by Vivian, the leader of the group, and develops an intense friendship with her that has elements of a sister-like bond, but also a profound sense of desire for validation from Vivian. Vivian, the daughter of a senator, is dealing with the trauma of having lost her older sister. She is described as being emotionally volatile, she often lies to her friends, intimidates them into eating little food, and plays games to extract information from people around her. While at camp, 13-year-old Emma comes to meet 19-year-old Theo, the adopted son of the owner of the camp named Francesca Harris White, and develops a crush on him. As this crush develops throughout that part of the story Uh it's this crush that ultimately results in a disastrous conflict between emma and vivian that alters the lives of many people in the present emma is invited back to camp nightingale to serve as an art instructor for an unknown reason the camp's owner francesca who goes by franny has decided that it is now time to reopen the camp 15 years later emma is initially quite shocked by the invitation because she had previously accused franny's son theo of having something to do with the disappearance of the girls While detectives were unable to find any tangible evidence linking Theo to the crime, the accusation did stick. As an accused murderer, it impacted Theo's ability to go to college, to fulfill his dream of becoming a doctor, his mental health, and resulted in a suicide attempt. Oh my goodness. Driven by the desire to make sense of the past and figure out what happened to the girls, Emma decides to go back to Camp Nightingale. Upon arriving to the camp for a second time, Emma decides she wants to stay in Dogwood, the cabin that she had stayed at as a teenager, except this time around she is lodging with young teen girls named Miranda, Crystal, and Sasha. She recalls that the cabins had a storage chest for each individual camper and finds that the chest that she and her friends had used in the past are still there. She opens the chest once used by Vivian and finds a secret compartment containing a hand-drawn map of the camp and the surrounding land, as well as a photo of a woman with long hair. Emma feels that these are clues that will help her find out what happened to Vivian and her friends, and so begin her efforts to find out what happened to the three disappeared girls. Written in a way that conveys a heightened sense of paranoia and feeling of being watched, the book follows Emma as she tries to make sense of her surroundings. The lodge, which is the building where Franny and her family live, the surrounding woods around the camp, the man-made lake created by Franny's ancestors with a dark history, and the line across the camp with hidden and unknown spaces. At the same time, the book explores Emma's mental state as she copes with visions of her past and tries to figure out who she can truly trust, especially herself. Overall, I would consider this book to be a page turner. I had a lot of fun reading it and I stayed up really late doing so, as I mentioned, and I did read it in one sitting. I'm not gonna get into like the actual twist in the book because I feel like that's what makes it really interesting because I think when I was reading it, I thought it was going in one direction. It was something completely different interesting and so i really didn't expect it i was like so super so it's a the book that's not predictable yeah because it's like i think i think it kind of sends you down one path and then you get there and it's like actually no um. and then you go in another direction and then it's like actually no <laughs> and so it's just so i think that's what made it really fun for me it's kind of like you know like when you're doing an escape room right yeah. like you it kind of like builds on top of each other mm-hmm. and so like i think i had my suspicions of of what was happening in the beginning and I was wrong. And usually, usually I can be, you know, pretty astute in that sense. <laughs> and so as far as themes, I think one of the major themes in the book is trauma. Through the character of Emma, we're aware from the beginning that something traumatic has happened to her when she was a teenager, something that she really hasn't coped with. And we see her return to the same physical environment where it happened and enter her headspace, which kind of shows you her motivations. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, I think 
by her going back to that place where it happened, it's almost like she's kind of reverting to that headspace. Yeah, you know? that, that uh, mental state of yeah. where she was when she was there. Yeah, and it's like it, it almost feels like when you're when you're reading it, like she's like not fully like present now. Oh. It's like she's back there. And then another theme that I feel like is pretty prevalent is guilt. She feels guilt for an accusation that she made in the past. And it's that very guilt that made her kind of afraid of herself. And I think like that guilt kind of resulted in her having this, she doesn't really like trust herself fully, I think. And she just, I think there's like a big part of her that like wants to make like amends for it. Yeah. And it's something that she like has to work through, you know? Okay. Lying. (laughs) I think that's probably one of the biggest ones because everybody in this book lies. So lying as like a means to get what you want. We see this as a way to cope, get what you want, get out of situations. I think in the context of the relationship between Emma and Vivian, there's like this part, because the book is written in kind of like present and then past, so Mm -hmm. it it alternates. Mm -hmm. But there's like this one point where like, you know, Emma is taken in by these older girls, the people that are, when she's a teenager, right? So they're older than her. And Vivian, that person that she looks up to, tells her, you know, you shouldn't believe everything I tell you. Like... I she basically tells her like I'm I, I, I I'm a liar and that's you just have to expect that from me mm-hmm. and then I think as she spends more time with them and as she starts to do that herself especially with like that accusation that she does I think it's kind of like a like it kind of represents kind of like a loss of innocence for her oh okay so it's kind of like there's like Emma before this happened and then yeah. Emma after Right. Um, And so it's just it's interesting to see kind of like unfold in that way. And then so my likes. One of the cool things in this book was she's kind of going on this like detective hunt to figure out what happened to her friends. Right. Right. So one of the clues that she comes across is actually a call number for a book. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, it was funny because like they like write the number, you know, like or they write it's like a number with the last name. Right. And then like. I think it was the last name but it totally i was like that's a call number and like she didn't know what it was and like she takes it back to the cabin with like those young girls that are that she's staying with and they're like oh that's a that's a library call number and so i thought that was so funny because i'm like oh we, like i would have figured that out you know yeah i think the part that was kind of weird was that it was a call number for a book at the library near the camp okay so like there's like a town nearby and they have a library oh, okay and so she ends up going and the book happens to be there, but the book is super old. And I'm like, well, realistically, realistically, it may have been weeded, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is which is, you know, when when books get older or they're no longer relevant or current, you know, there's a whole criteria. But I just I just found it funny. I'm like, the book was probably extremely old and it just happened to be there on the shelf, you know, yeah. waiting for her to go get it. So I just thought that was kind of funny. The pacing I thought was really good. Okay. I feel like the way that the story unfolded um, really grabbed my attention while I was reading it. Having flashbacks into the past made those characters come alive and I felt compelled to keep reading. I think sometimes when it's just like from the perspective of the present and the narrator is just kind of telling you who they were, Mm -hmm. you don't really like see them as people. They're more of like an idea or like a concept kind of. Yeah. And so like with this... Or, like, with having flashbacks in the past, like, I could see how, like, those people were back then and it wasn't healthy. (laughs) No, yeah. And I think it also gives you, like, better connection to them because you're you're getting a full explanation yeah based on a, like getting a retelling of an event um, in their past life where you can empathize or understand them more as people right yeah i think i think also too it's like what you're told initially in the story it ends up getting broken down by actually looking at what actually happened back uh, then you know okay, okay. And then I think 
regarding the ending, this is something that I think as I get older, I really appreciate these endings because when I was a teenager and when I was younger, I felt completely different. As an adult, I think I recognize that this is healthier. <laughs> regarding the ending, um, I'm not going to give it away completely, but I thought that it was a healthy way to leave a potential relationship open-ended. I think a lot of the time we see characters dealing with like mental health issues. They're not in the space to be in a relationship but sometimes the way books end is like oh they're in a relationship and it's like that's like a band-aid on whatever they're going you know what i mean yeah, like it's, it's like they're they they have trauma that yeah. involves them not being ready to really commit to somebody else because they're trying to solve their own be- right you know themselves right and i think it just reminded me of like this this tiktok where it was like movie characters that ended up together that probably broke up after because they didn't actually work through their stuff right yeah. and it was like and then in this book it was opposite right it was like with that relationship that's left open-ended like one of the characters is like i'm gonna take a year to figure myself out and i'll reach out to you i love that and i'm like that's like such a like like kudos to you for recognizing that you need that space you know like don't just like there's a lot like a lot just happened you need to process it it's a lot to take in but then it's like i'm gonna try to take time for myself and i'm gonna reach out to you when i feel like i'm in a better spot right you know so that's kind of how it ended and so in my head they're together now yeah dislikes there was um one of the spots that they go to to find clues the way that it was described was so hard for me to visualize i think the descriptions were just so vague and like it was so many things that just didn't make sense it almost felt like a surreal like a surrealist painting to me in my mm-hmm. head and i'm like that doesn't feel like a real spot you know so i just couldn't visualize it oh, okay and a lot happens there so like for me i just i just had a hard time i was like i like what's happening like it's cool that things are being found here things are happening here but just i couldn't imagine the setting in my head yeah and i had such a hard time so with kind it kind of disrupted that enjoyment it disrupted it yeah, yeah. Oh, okay you know but aside from that i really enjoyed the book i recommend it riley seeger has a bunch of other books and they're 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 fun reads i think and you've read a couple of the other ones i myself have read i think it was survive the night so that was like another kind of like spooky thriller i recently read the only one left on audiobook it just came out oh okay and that one was really interesting it's about this woman who's a caretaker for this woman who was like she's thought to be the murderer of her whole entire family kind of like lizzie borden oh <laughs> but like in like the 1900s yeah yeah but like she was never found guilty mm, um okay. yeah but it was it's interesting that so, is interesting so yeah it's like kind of spooky yeah. and you don't you know again it's kind of like not what you expect i think i think that's like the good thing about this author there's a lot of twists yeah sometimes you don't see them coming you know, I think I need to check that author out because I, I don't read spooky books and I kind of like how that sounds. Thank you, Stephanie. Potential that was reads. awesome. Sure. What mm-hmm. was your rating? Um, I give this one like a 3.54. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I always give. <laughs> I, know, I haven't given a five. <laughs> uh, I, I know. My last five was last month and that was great. Okay, so I guess it's my turn to <laughs> share my spooky read. Again, like I said before, it wasn't super exactly horror spooky but it was thriller or adult urban fantasy so there's like a mixture of some things adult I mean, urban fantasy yeah i don't think i've ever read anything like that before yeah it, it's urban fantasy but it's adult so i just put adult urban fantasy <laughs> that sounds interesting okay all right here we go so my book that i read was book of night by holly black it was published may 3rd 2022 the page count is 306 pages we have one copy in print format in english here at the library we also have an ebook and e-audio book through libby so i was able to use all of them except for the print book <laughs> but i used both the ebook and the audiobook so i was 
in good graces. Uh, mind you, the audiobook version, the narrator, she was a little monotone. Like that's tough. Yeah, than I would have liked for especially like a fiction narrator. Yeah. It was kind of hard to go through. But if I put her at 2.0 speed, she sounded completely different. So that helped. <laughs> oh, interesting. So as I said, this is an adult book. Uh, it's labeled as urban fantasy and there's some thriller in it. When I was looking this up on our um, Sierra, which is our um, ILS system here, mm-hmm. the way that we categorize it in our subject terms on the mark record is like thriller, fantasy, there's like crime, mystery. There's like a lot. Of, it's like really a lot of subject terms, but that's why I kind of like pulled it. But I really like stuck to it because of the thriller. Thriller was one of the top ones that was most related to. So I'm going to go through the summary. Bear with me i don't think it's that long but we'll see okay (laughs) so book of night stars our main character charlie hall a 28 year old thief trying to make ends meet for her and her sister posey the book begins with introducing us to charlie working as a bartender in the east coast and describes the bustling life taking place in the bar more specifically the people she sees pass through we also learn about why she is there She is trying to work to get her sister through college and for them to have somewhere to live and food to eat. We are also told about the secret magic world of glow mists. This is the word the author uses to describe those that have shadow magic. From my understanding, there are a few different types of glow mists. There's alterationists, which could cosmetically shape shadows, use them to trigger emotions so strong they could be addictive and even cut out pieces of a person's subconscious. There are carapaces, which are focused on their own shadows, using them to soar through the air on shadow wings or armor themselves. There's puppeteers, which are sent, which they send their shadows to do things in secret. And then there are masks, which are known to be odd and creepy, but intent on unraveling the secrets of the universe, no matter who they hurt. Then there's the really weird part of this, which are blights, which comes to be when a glow mist, any of those glow mists that I mentioned before, let their shadow draw their energy directly from them. But also as they're doing that, they put pieces of themselves within their own shadow. And then what happens is, you know, like, They can put memories they no longer want, desires that they're ashamed of, uh, emotions that stood in their way of getting what they want. So when those glomists end up dying, their shadow becomes a blight, which then separates themselves from the human after their passing and becomes their own thing, but they lost their humanity. Oh, interesting. So glomists, basically everyone in this universe has a shadow and their shadow can be a, you can become a glomist and I don't, my only understanding of this is that I'm not sure if you're born with it or that you come to age of it with your power, depending on what you become. That's something that was very unclear on this book. I just want to preface that ahead of time. So I also still don't have an understanding of Glomis. And that's kind of a fault in this book so far. So in like that universe, does everybody have that or is it just certain people? So everybody has a shadow to start off with. Okay. And so everyone, like we would if we lived there. Yes. It's based in the real world, like our Earth world, right? But yeah. it's like an alternate, almost like a dystopian alternate world of this world. Where that's the normal. Where that's the normal. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah, we would have a shadow. Eventually coming to age, we might become glow mists. It's not for certain. But maybe. But maybe. And some people do end up not having a shadow and losing their shadow. And then they're looked and frowned down upon by people. They're the outcasts. 
Oh, so it's like a good thing if that happens. To yes. You. Oh, okay. yeah. I, no, it's really weird. I just That's interesting. <laughs> it's like a whole new like way of existing. Yeah. From so after all that explanation, hopefully you guys get it because I still don't. Um, but I think I'm getting it. It's just like we have to think of it as like another alternate reality yes exactly not anyone can be a glomus but the desire to be one is strong and some may steal people's shadows to strengthen or sell to others that desire power so um especially with like uh, i think it's either puppeteers or alterationists they can cut off the shadow like think of peter pan when he loses his shadow yeah like they could cut off the shadow and take the shadow then you end up without a shadow and then that person can like use that shadow for their own purposes it's really weird. It's still like there's still some gray areas to how they use it, how they absorb it and all this stuff. But that's like a thing that happens. Like I said, there are those that do not have shadows like Vince, which is Charlie's boyfriend and are treated as outcasts odd to be avoided. Mm-hmm. So the book tends to go back and forth from the present Charlie to the past Charlie to explain why we are where we are in the story. So similar to yours. Um, There's past chapters and then there's present chapters. Mm -hmm. Once jump back to the past chapters, we learn that Charlie and Posey grew up in a toxic house environment, learn about Charlie's beginnings as a thief and how she met Vince. The sisters' parents fought constantly and their mom afterwards dated many different men. One in particular, Travis, was their least favorite. He was cruel to the sisters, but because their mother believed in the supernatural, Charlie began to con their mother and friends into believing she was possessed by Alonzo, a spirit who knew all. It was with this con that she and her sister tricked their mother into believing Travis was cheating on her and dumped him. But that then brought Rand into their lives. Rand knew right away that Charlie was a born thief con artist just like him and secretly taught her to hone those skills, introducing her to this his con friends to learn and also taking her with him to conduct these con schemes. Oh my god. Like a, she was like 14 I think when he started when he came into their lives or a teenager and taught her how to be this thief. So then it goes back to the present. In the present, Charlie has not been a thief or conning for over a year, but as she witnessed a dead body left in the alley ripped apart and an odd shadow person, she is thrust back into that world. We learn that Vince is a mysterious boyfriend that Charlie does not question. She is not interested in his comings and goings due to her trust, but also fear of losing him. Vince's job, to Charlie's knowledge, is to clean up after deaths. Circling back to their their investigation, this mysterious death and shadow, as Charlie is looking for answers, she comes across a glomus that can solidify their shadow, which is unheard of. After he attacks her, she finds out that this has affected her own shadow and is determined to find out what is going on with it while also looking for a book called Liber Noctum. This book will not only lead her to finding out what it is going on with herself, but why Vince is hiding dark secrets and why he has a connection with her nemesis, Lionel Salt, who is also seeking that book and was the murderer of Rand, her her mentor. Oh my gosh. So I don't, okay, as you, I don't want to say twists because if I get more into the plot, there's like these big twists at the end, which actually were the most appealing part of this whole book um, <laughs> that really give everything away. So I'm not going to get into that, but that is the gist of what, well, that's like kind of like the beginning of what is going to happen. She's going on this quest to find this book to also find out what's going on with her shadow because her shadow is like rippling and moving really fast. And they don't know why, why yeah. is this suddenly happening after she made this connection with this other person and trying to figure out what is going on with like with the shadow special shadow people that reminded me of the barbie movie yeah did it? 
remember like her feet go flat or whatever yes <laughs> so it's like the whole quest that she goes on <laughs> oh my god i didn't even think about that that's great i wish i could say more but as i'm going to get ahead of myself as i've kind of like hinted at it, it was just like the it wasn't that great um <laughs> it, it seems like there's like and this is completely unintentional but it seems like there are like parallels between the books that we read yeah. like they're both like trying to figure out something and it's told in kind of a similar format i'm telling you this is so funny we uh, we coincidentally always read similar types yeah yeah no, they're, they're a little bit similar in that way yeah so themes uh there's childhood trauma we see the sisters bond over their same trauma and how both ended up in different situations. One becoming a thief as the oldest to provide for the youngest, who is a college student with a chance of a future. And then we have absent father, father dynamics. So, you know, we have, there wouldn't be this plot without the absent of, absence of Charlie's father in her mm, life. Yeah. Although he is around, he has a new family and isn't present for his two daughters like he is with his new family. Oh, yeah. So they have like that abandonment from their first father yeah. or their their father. So this is why I think Charlie finds a purpose with Rand, a mentor, but a somewhat father figure who is teaching his child his trade, even if it is lying and stealing and conning folks for their, their money. <laughs> so it's just something that he's teaching her. Yeah, exactly. And then sibling relationships. You're really looking at Charlie and Posey and how they're two different ways of thinking from their childhood trauma kind of collide you know they fight they argue but they're always still there for each other at the end of the day you kind of see that relationship build with especially with this quest because they do it together so it's really nice to see how um they talk to each other how they interact how one's very optimistic and the other one's just the real reality of the world is just super pessimistic about things mm -hmm. um which is charlie yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to twists really quick i i want i did make a comment saying i agree with everyone online <laughs> because i did like kind of look and like people you know you don't want this book to be spoiled like i said the twists are the most appealing of this whole book yeah um so i don't want to ruin that at all my likes i enjoyed that this book had a dark feel to it Mm, okay. Which is why I felt it was still spooky in its own sense. Um, the setting involves dark bars, rundown buildings, pawn shops, and danger lurking around every corner and alleyway. So it gives off a very grim, grim feel to this world. Mm -hmm. Although this book is not classified as horror, the dark essence to it with shadows and the overall grimness is my opinion. In my opinion, gives off spooky October vibes. <laughs> yeah, I think when you were like, you said that part about like how she found a body or whatever, I was imagining very like Gotham vibes. Yes. You know? And that's not the only body. I think, the, like I said, like the her nemesis Lionel Saul is, the, she witnessed him murder her, her mentor Rand, her father. Yeah. Um, her father figure. I, I could, couldn't even call him a father. She had just always called him Rand anyway. But she witnessed that. And then she's, you know, I think it kind of added to, like, this dark element. and You could it, sense it. You could sense it. My dislikes. <laughs> the pacing sucked. Uh, the jump between present and past was awful. It was, like, super jarring. That's, I felt yeah. very taken out of the main part of the story because it would end and you're like oh i'm finally into it like i'm finally like picking up speed and then the next chapter is the past chapter yeah. and then you're like ah it like it ruined the the momentum it sometimes does though mm -hmm. sometimes it's like sometimes it makes sense because it builds up tension but sometimes it just kind of takes you away from it yeah and i think in this book in this in this respect it did take away from it you know like yours it worked well yeah but with mine it just 
it did not at all. The pacing was, I don't know if it's because it's a world building because it's the first book. I think there's going to be a second one based on how things ended. I think there's going to be a second one. It hasn't been announced, but it did leave with a cliffhanger. So I I imagine there's going to be a second one. And I think this because world building books, especially first books, always pace very slow because you're trying to explain everything and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, I, and still with the explanation, I still don't understand some stuff. There's some really some holes that I still haven't filled. Yeah. I've read one of her other books as a, she used to be, she is a YA author as well. Oh, okay. So this is her first adult book. I've read her book, Cruel Prince, which is her really popular series that she's written. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, it's big on TikTok. It's big on BookTok. It's big on BookTube. It's it's just big in the book world. It's Uh very, I read it and I I hated it. I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't I think it's not her as a person it's her writing style I just dislike it I just it doesn't appeal to me it doesn't resonate and with it you. doesn't resonate and I feel that she doesn't really she's very vague in the way that she writes I have read higher fantasy books that I think uh, I, I can't I can't relate to some of the writing style anymore it's very simplistic to yeah me. Okay. And then, like I said, uh, final thing I dislike, I still don't understand the world building fantasy world and I'm still confused on the system. So I think that's kind of just left me very like, you know, I, I think the concept of having like shadows and like really de- dealing with like shadow magic is something very new in fantasy that I haven't read about. And it's a very good like path for her to kind of explore with mm-hmm. shadow magic. Right. I wish it was just delved. It was just better like developed yeah it seems like you're having problems with the execution i i yeah the execution just wasn't there but the 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 twists were great (laughs) but the execution of like the entire world building just wasn't the best if i wanted to relate this to something that i've read before i've read ninth house by lee bardugo who's also read who's also written ya but which we have which we have (laughs) and it's an adult book um, it's very dark academia and has like very dark elements. It's based in on in Yale with like Ooh. with like very secret societies um, and stuff like that. And I genuinely I didn't love it, but I like it more than this one. It's very similar in that it takes place in the real world, but it's an alternate world. Okay. So I say check it out if you if you're want so to, inclined if you're inclined to. Um, but yeah, um, I would probably put this as a two. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's my rating. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you feel what you feel. <laughs> I know. You see how like straightforward I was with this one? I was like, this is what happened, this is what it I still don't understand it, but this is what I got from it. That's literally how I felt. I think it's tough though when you when you walk away from a book and you it's you're you're not like you didn't fully understand what was happening because I've had that happen too and I'm like I still have so many questions yeah I I like Charlie I like like as you said before going from past and present um help me understand her yeah and where she came from I think Vince is an interesting character I know like I didn't mention him much because he's like mentioning him is gonna go into twists and I don't want to do that but He's just this very mysterious character at first, and he has this persona of, like, nonchalant, like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. it really makes you wonder what happens, and then you see what 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 happens later on, and you're just like, oh, okay. I don't know what, what it is. I feel like the most of the books, besides last month, I've been picking, like, very, uh, bleh books well i mean hopefully hopefully for november i know i have one already in my head and i'm actually really excited to read it because next month we are going um to pick books written by native american authors okay and uh i'm really excited because i already have it in my head i actually ordered it 
because I've been wanting oh, you, it. Oh, you ordered it for yourself or for the library? No, for the library. Oh, okay. I ordered it for the library. We have it already. So I hope it's not checked out. I have is to, it YA or adult? It is YA. But it's it's really interesting. I was going to say it right now, but I'll tell you after. <laughs> so the podcast can be excited next week <laughs> or next month. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else. It's just we'll see you guys next or we'll you'll hear us next month i guess i know um thanks for listening i know this is actually one of our sh- quickest episodes which is fine which is fine <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes we go really long yeah but thanks for listening uh hopefully you catch us in our next episode and listen to us uh next month and yeah okay we'll see you later bye bye <laughs>